Hey guys, it's Gwyneth, um, and welcome back to my podcast. Uh, I haven't recorded an episode in a while, actually since last summer, uh, June of last summer, and a lot has changed since then. As you all know, we're in a global COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, and that's greatly affected my life, but um, I had to stop going to physical school since March 13th, 2020. Um, So I completed my freshman year of high school at home, which was really crazy and a unique experience. And also, as you know, the Black Lives Matter movement is going on um, and it hasn't stopped since it's a movement, not a moment. And yeah, like you might have heard about the death of George Floyd, Brandon Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and countless others that are like too much to name on this episode. Uh, I might make a whole separate episode about Black Lives Matter because I don't want to feel like I'm like ignoring it, you know, because like, this is really important and it affects all of us. So I'm going to have some links in the description of ways you can help, like petitions you can sign. Like I know me personally, I donated $20 to the Black Visions Collective. Uh, since, if you know Girls on the Go podcast with Brooke, Michio, and Danielle, Carolyn, they also donated there, so it really inspired me. And yeah, like, just try to help any way you can in your community. For example, there was a protest in my city, but my parents didn't let me go because, like, I guess I'm Asian American, if you didn't know. Uh, and I guess there's some a history of anti-blackness in our family, which is really sad. But yeah, any way you can help uh, is good. Like, post on social media, but just beyond that, like, uh, like, inform your friends and family and, like, call them out when they're being racist. And also try to find internal biases in yourself because I took this test about internal biases and there's so many, like, I don't know, like, internalized racism that you have that you didn't even know about. It's mostly, like, a product of society since society, like, tries to tell you, like, what are good people and what are bad people based on just looking at them, which isn't very accurate. So... Yeah, I'm really trying to stay informed during this time. As you know, I'm going to be a sophomore, but I'm only fifth since I'm only 15. But I know there's still a lot I can do to help. So don't let like a young age stop you. And yeah, so now on with the episode. Okay, so without further ado, this episode is gonna be about the books I've read while in quarantine and even before quarantine. So basically books I read during all of 2020 since I've had a lot of free time so I've been watching a lot of what to do when you're bored videos and summer bucket list videos and I even made a video to post to my youtube channel which I might have linked down below uh if not my channel is Gwyneth Young yeah and I'm planning on making a new video once I hit 25 subscribers since I'm one subscriber away uh yeah So, I've had a lot of time on my hands to read and stuff. And I also want to read books that will educate me more on how to be an anti-racist. Such as White Fragility. I can't talk. White Fragility, uh, The New Jim Crow Laws. uh, And, 
what's it called? Just Mercy, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of books that you can read, both fiction and nonfiction, that are really informative. But right now, since I checked out these books before the pandemic, um, I'm just reading like your average YA fiction books. And yeah, uh, I've really had a lot of time on my hands. And that's why I've decided to start up this podcast again. Since I'm getting kind of bored during the quarantine. Since, like, you can't hang out with your friends and stuff. And to be quite honest, even if I could, I probably wouldn't hang out with my friends. Because I don't have that many. So, yeah, like, this is why I do stuff, like, I spend a lot of time, like, on social media and stuff. And also reading. And there's a lot of fun things to do in quarantine. And I haven't found myself get that bored yet since... Like, my parents always, like, drag me to these places. But, like, we haven't, like, left the state or anything since, like, COVID-19 is still very real. So, wear a mask. Don't be a Karen. And also, make sure the mask covers your nose because uh, when I went to turn in my textbooks from school, uh, one of the ladies there uh, told me that my mask wasn't covering my nose. And I think this is because... Uh, it's a pretty small mask, but that's not really an excuse, so yeah, like, uh, if you wear a mask, make sure that it's covering your nose, and yeah, I've just been reading a lot of books during this quarantine, practicing self-care, and before the school year ended on June 5th of 2020, I was doing a lot of homework and stuff, but I definitely wasn't as productive as I was before the pandemic. Okay, guys. Uh, so the first book I read this year, uh, in January of 2020, was Ship It by Britta London. Uh, it's a pretty controversial book because, like, it's not very well written since, uh, the author who wrote it was also a writer of Riverdale, which, as you know, is a very kind of cringy show, even though a lot of people still watch it. Like, the things they say are so weird, like the highs and lows of high school football, or like, I, I'm weird. I'm a weirdo because I wear a beanie, something like that. I don't really watch the show, but I've just heard things, you know, and I'm also on Stan Twitter a lot. Like, it's really fun since, like, I watch a lot of, like, TV shows like One Tree Hill, Pretty Little Liars, Glee. Yeah, that's also something that I've been doing during my quarantine time. Like, unlike some people, like, I like to finish shows all the way through before I move on. And I normally can't watch multiple shows at the same time. Unless they're, like, reality shows like The Bachelor. Like, I don't really pay that close attention because, like, I don't know. I guess it doesn't really affect my life. Uh... But, yeah, I've been watching a lot of TV shows. Um, And on my Twitter, I, like, like a lot of tweets and sometimes even tweet myself about shows that I'm watching. So you can go ahead and follow me. I might look it down below. If not, uh, it's Gwyneth underscore Young. And, yeah, I talk about lot about TV shows on there. So you know where to find me. Uh, okay. So, yeah, Ship It is, like, a 
weird book about fangirls, which I'm a fangirl, so I guess I should be able to relate to it. It's just, the main character is kind of annoying. Like, she doesn't have any friends. Like, I don't really have that many friends either. But, like, I guess she's just kind of unlikable. Like, she doesn't really do anything, you know? So, right now, I'm going to read you the official description of the book on Goodreads. Okay, here goes. Claire is a 16-year-old fangirl obsessed with the show Demon Heart. Forrest is an actor on Demon Heart who dreams of bigger roles. When the two meet at a local Comic-Con panel, it's a dream come true for Claire. Until the Q&A, that is, when Forrest laughs off Claire's assertion that his character is gay. Claire is devastated. After all, every last word of her super popular fanfic revolves around the romance between Forrest's character and his male frenemy. She can't believe her hero turned out to be a closed-minded jerk. Forrest is mostly confused that anyone would think his character is gay. Because he's not. Definitely not. Unfortunately for Demon Heart, when the video of the disastrous Q&A goes viral, the producers have a PR nightmare on their hands. In order to help bolster their image within the LGBTQ plus community, as well as with their fans, they hire Claire to join the cast for the rest of their publicity tour. What ensues is a series of colorful Comic-Con clashes between the fans and the show that lead Forrest to question his assumptions about sexuality and help Claire come out of her shell. But how far will Claire go to make her ship canon? <laughs> to what lengths will Forrest go to stop her and protect his career? And will Claire ever get the guts to make a move on Tess, the very cute, extremely cool fan artist as she keeps running into? Ship is a funny, tender, and honest look at all the feels that come with being a fan. Okay, so I think I heard that this is actually based on a real event and this fake TV show, Demon Heart, which Loki sounds like Shadowhunters, which, oh yeah, like in eighth grade, I was such a Shadowhunter stan, like you don't even know. I still am, like, I love the books and everything. Um, I haven't read all the books, like, I've read, what's it called, like The Dark Artifices, The Mortal Instruments, and the infernal devices but i haven't really read those other books like i forgot what it's called like ghost of the shadow market and the new one about malik it's called like wait a second i'm sorry i have terrible memory Oh, the Red Scrolls of Magic. Yeah, I haven't really gotten around to reading them. And also, I'm pretty sure that Chain of Gold came out. Which is, yeah, kind of crazy. Well, fun fact, actually. Uh, my parents kind of banned me from reading those books. But, like, I don't really always listen to what my parents say. I know that's bad, but, like, I feel like every kid does that. So, I would read them if I had the time. But, right now, I'm trying to read other books that don't aren't part of a series because i have such a short attention span that i get kind of tired of series like last summer i read the pretty little liar series which has 16 books and it took me a long time well actually it didn't because i read each book in like a few days because i was really bored and stuff uh and you know some i was pretty like addicted to them like i really wanted to know what was gonna happen next you know, just your classic fangirl stuff.
Uh, yeah, that really kept me occupied last summer. Okay, so what I was saying is that, so I'm pretty sure that, like, her girlfriend in the book, Claire, uh, Tess, like, observed really bad, and also Claire's low-key kind of mean to her girlfriend, because, like, she meets her friend, and she's like, oh, why are you, like, popular and stuff? Like, I thought your friends were the same race as you, and, like, that's, like, so cringy, you know? Like, I guess, like, sometimes people don't, and all the time, actually, no one wants to be outed. Like, that's mean to out someone. And also, Forrest is kind of unlikable, too. Like, I don't really know, like... The characters in the book have such weird personalities. And also, I think Britta London, like, over-sexualizes the gays a little. Uh, well, look, she herself is in the LGBT community. But it's just, like, weird to read, like, cringy fanfic sex scenes, if you know what I mean. Well, I actually haven't read that much fanfic, except my friend, uh, she wrote a fanfic about pretty little liars series like the books and i read two chapters of it and it was pretty good but it's so weird to determine things that are canon versus things that are not canon or head canon or whatever they're called yeah it's pretty weird so it is a little problematic and i think it's one of the lowest rated books on goodreads well the thing with me is that i guess i don't really have particular taste like this song by sean mendes so i rate every book i read five stars because i know what i like you could say or also i'm too lazy to rate anything else like i never write reviews because i'm too lazy you know but right now i'm sitting here and telling you what i think so i think that's good enough uh, also, like, Comic-Con, like, I think when Shadowhunters was on the air, like, they also went to Comic-Con, which is pretty cool. I really wish I could have gone, like, to see the cast and stuff, like, I'd love to meet the cast one day, even though the show's, like, over now, and the ratings were kind of low, but I guess I'm a sucker for trash shows. Uh, yeah. And, like, there's another scene with, like, Claire and, like, one of our classmates, which is, like, why did you have to put that in here? Like, I didn't need to know that, you know? Uh, and, like, I guess fanfic is pretty cool, but I've never written it myself. Okay, so the next book I'm going to review in audio format is That's Not What Happened by cody keplinger um i actually quite enjoyed this book uh and she also wrote the book the duff which was also made into a movie with bella thorne bitch and bella thorne but like yeah so i guess she's a pretty successful writer which is pretty cool if you ask me i haven't read the duff yet but i want to it's on my tbr for sure uh and yeah so, uh, I read this book also in January, like, 
During the school year, I read a lot of books like back to back since I'd always read like a few chapters after school and during school sometimes, like maybe at lunch or like during office hours because I guess I just have a penchant for reading. But uh, without further ado, I'm going to read the description of this book. It's been three years since the Virgil County High School Massacre. Three years since my best friend, Sarah, was called in a bathroom stall during the mass shooting. Everyone knows Sarah's story. She died pro- proclaiming her faith, but it's not true. I know because I was with her when she died. I didn't say anything then, and people got hurt because of it. Now Sarah's parents are publishing a book about her, so this might be my last chance to set the record straight. But I'm not the only survivor with a story to tell about what did and didn't happen that day. Except Sarah's martyrdom is important to a lot of people. People who don't take kindly to what I'm trying to do. And the more I learn, the less certain I am about what's right. I don't know what will be worse. The guilt of staying silent or the consequences of speaking up. Uh, so this was also based on a real life event. I guess I like to read a lot of fiction books based on a real life event. So, yeah, like, it was about a school shooting, which is, like, really sad that that happened so much in the U.S., especially since I live in the U.S., in California to be specific. Uh, I'm probably not going to tell you what city I live in because it's, like, a small city. Well, it's not really a small city. It's, like, a suburb. I might tell you what city I live in since you'd be hard-pressed to find me, like, and go to my house. But, yeah, so... Thankfully, a school shooting has never happened in my city or school, and I hope it never does. But it's really sad how often school shootings happen, and people always say, like, justify it because they were bullied. But, like, if you're going to say, oh, like, the person was bullied in high school, that's why, like, they shot up the school. Like, you have to have the same energy for people protesting Black Lives Matter instead of calling them thugs. But anyway, uh, the event it's based on is the... Yeah, it was based on the Columbine High School Massacre, which happened on April 20th, 1999. Uh, and the real-life girl that the story is based on, uh, her name is Cassie Bernal, like... Everyone thought she was, like, a saint or something and, like, said something about Jesus. But, like, apparently that didn't actually happen. Uh, But I guess it's kind of like when you're dead, people, like, pretend that, like, you were such a great person. Like, not that you were a bad person, like, an angel, like, kind of putting you on a pedestal. Since you can't really speak for yourself anymore. Which is, like, kind of sad that that happens. It kind of dehumanizes a person, you could say. Well, I'm not sure if dehumanizing is the right word. But, yeah, like... So, that's what happened. Like, some people... Two students at the school, like, shot up the school. And then, uh, killed some people. Which is, like... I don't get why people try to justify it because it's just really sad what happened, especially in the U.S. Like, we need to stop this from happening and stop making excuses 
uh, when people do horrible things, uh, especially if they're white, uh, they're for, like, white privilege and stuff, yeah, so, like, the character is obviously fictional, but it's, like, based on a true story, and I don't know how accurate it is to real life, but I think that it's pretty accurate, yeah, so that's that on that, it's kind of crazy that, like, people thought she was, like, a martyr, even though she's just, like, an average girl, and, like, she probably didn't say anything before she was shot. Okay, so the next book that I read in 2020 was Eleanor and Park by Rainbow Rowell. It's a pretty popular book, I think, so you've probably heard of it. I also read it in January because, as I said, I read a lot during the school year since there is nothing really else to do. So, yeah, I think I'm going to read the description now. Eleanor is the new girl in town, and with her chaotic family life, her mismatched clothes, and unruly red hair, she couldn't stick out more if she tried. Park is the boy at the back of the bus. Black t-shirts, headphones, head in a book. He thinks he's made himself invisible. But not to Eleanor. Never to Eleanor. Slowly, steadily, through late-night conversations in an ever-growing stack of mixtapes, Eleanor and Park fall for each other. You fall in love the way you do the first time when you're young, and you feel as if you have nothing and everything to lose. So basically, it's just like your classic love story, but like I don't know if it's very good representation since uh, Rainbow Rowell is white, as you know. Uh, and like the characters are just kind of average, they don't really have a personality. And like, I really read comic books and stuff so i can't really relate to that and like i guess like so it's set in the 80s so they listen to a lot of like alternative 80s music which like i love alternative music but uh i don't really listen to that much 80s music if i listen to any throwback music i'd probably listen to like 2000s music like avril lavigne uh like Taylor Swift, that kind of stuff. So yeah, about that. Uh, and like their relationship seems kind of unhealthy because. Uh, they're like kind of obsessed with each other, for lack of a better word. And like they don't really have any other friends. Like, one of the characters Park he used to, but then like once Eleanor came, like didn't have any friends which is like kind of sad like if a relationship like takes over your life it's like you don't have any connection to the outside world so i don't really know how i feel about it i mean it's definitely not my favorite book but uh it was pretty interesting i guess and eleanor's family life is kind of sad like i guess it's like the classic story about like an abusive father in your house or like a father who neglected you thankfully i do have a father even though he is a little homophobic that's a story for another time 
but yeah like definitely I'm privileged in the way that I haven't really experienced that much hardship in my life since I live in a pretty affluent city even though I'm not rich like by any means so yeah that's it on that uh and like it's a pretty cool like throwback book well it was written in 2013 so it's not really from the 80s but they like ride the bus and stuff I've always wanted to ride the bus, kind of, but I think it's mostly, like, for kids who, like, can't afford their for their friends to drive them to school. Not just, like, if you want to ride the bus, you know. And it's also pretty smelly in the bus, so maybe I don't want to ride the bus. So, yeah. Uh. Also, they listen to mixtapes, which is pretty cool. I low-key wish there were real life mixtapes it's kind of like a playlist but in physical form like i have a lot of spotify playlists that i really enjoy making and i also enjoy listening to other people's spotify playlists but i think it would be really cool to like have a physical mixtape especially like as a gift from a friend it's like if they know them your music taste they like really understand your personality uh and I think they listen to, like, the Smiths and stuff in the book. Uh, which, like, I obviously was born in 2005, so I don't really know much about the 80s. But seems pretty cool. Yeah. And I guess it talks a little bit about, like, fat shaming and stuff. Which is really sad that people still fat shame uh, in 2020. Hi, guys. So... The next book I read this year was Always Never Yours by Emily Wiberly and Austin Siegmund Broca. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like, it's like the main character, she really likes like musical theaters and stuff. Um, and I do too. Like, actually, I auditioned for uh, the school musical at my school before the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. Cinderella but I unfortunately didn't get a call back but that's okay because next year I'll try harder and I don't know how good my acting skills are probably not very good but like I think I'm like okay at acting and it's definitely something I want to try to pursue in the future uh so yeah like in the show they're doing uh, a play of Romeo and Juliet, which I actually also read this year, uh, since it was mandatory for my English class, so I kind of saw the similarities and, like, met some of the Romeo and Juliet characters prior to reading Romeo and Juliet because of this book, such as Friar Lawrence, like, before then, I didn't really know who he was, because, like, the love interest in the book plays Friar Lawrence, so, yeah... That's it on that, and now I'm going to read the synopsis. Shouldn't a girl get to star in her own love story? 17-year-old Megan Harper is about due for her next sweeping romance. It's inevitable. Each of her relationships starts with the perfect guy and ends with him falling in love with someone else. But instead of feeling sorry for herself, Megan focuses on pursuing her next flame, attracting theater and fulfilling her dream college's acting requirement 
in the smallest role possible. So when she's cast as Juliet, yes, that Juliet, in her high school's production, it's a complete nightmare. Megan's not an actress, and she's used to being upstaged, both in and out of the theater. In fact, with her mom off in Texas and her dad remarried and onto baby number two with his new wife, Megan worries that, just like her exes, her family is moving on without her. Then she meets Owen Akita, an aspiring playwright inspired by Rosalind from Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, a character who, like Megan, knows a a thing or two about short-lived relationships. Megan agrees to help Owen with his play in exchange for catching the eye of a sexy stagehand or potential new boyfriend. Yet Megan finds herself growing closer to Owen and wonders if he could be the Romeo she never expected. In their fresh and funny debut, Emily, Emily Weberly and Austin Siegman broke up, break down the high school drama to find there's always room for familial love, romantic love, and most importantly, self-love. You know I'm all about self-love, but this book was a little cring. But I mean, it was like kind of fun and stuff, and I did enjoy reading it. Uh... Yeah, so about the main character, her name's Megan, if you haven't heard. I mean, it's spelled the normal way, not, like, a cool way, no offense. Uh, And, like, it's kind of a thing that, like, she's, like, sexually active, you could say. Which is, like, kind of weird since she's in high school, like, who has time to be doing all that in high school, but, like, I'm not here to slap things like you do you, you know? Especially, like, she's a main character, so, like, a fictional character, so you can, like, say whatever you want, but, like, you shouldn't slap shame fictional characters because that also applies to real life. Like, uh, if you want a character on a show to be dead, that doesn't mean you want the actor to die or the actress. It just means that you don't really like the character on the show. But, like, if you slut shame a character, that really shows, like, how you are in real life, which definitely shouldn't happen, especially in 2020. And as you know, as I said, probably I am a virgin. Wow, that's kind of cringy to say. But, yeah, and I also haven't had my first kiss yet. So I guess you could say that I'm pretty inexperienced, but enough about me um, talking about this book. So the cover is really pretty, like she's wearing like a denim dress or cotton or something, and she's holding these carnations. In third grade, I used to really love flowers, so that's why I know the names to a lot of flowers. So yeah, if you ever want to know what a flower is called, I might know. So, yeah. Uh, And it's kind of like your classic, like, befriending someone and then you fall in love. But, like, I kind of wish there were more straight uh, male and female or boy-girl relationships. But that doesn't really happen since, as Say Grace, the artist would say, these boys ain't shit. But, yeah, like, I do it for the girls and the gays, that's it. Like, literally the straight suck no offense if you're straight like i'm pretty sure you don't suck but some do uh yeah the love interest on akita is just like your classic like i don't know like shy and stuff so yeah 
Uh, and it's like the, also the classic story, like your parents are divorced. My parents aren't divorced, if I haven't said that before. But like, I know that must be really tough for uh, a teen to go through. So yeah, I'm not trying to downplay that at all. And like her friend Madeline, like is dating her ex and stuff, which is like so much high school drama, like, has time for all this drama but if that's for you then cool i guess and yeah i guess what really drew me to this book was the cover i don't know if it lived up to my expectations but i did enjoy it yeah and also i'm pretty sure that the authors went to pretty prestigious colleges which is really cool uh she went to princeton Emily Weberly and her husband uh, went to, I don't know, somewhere else that's prestigious. It was pretty cool, so it's like, shoot for the stars, you know. You never know where you might end up. Oh, and she also grew up in Southern California, which I live in Southern California too, so that's pretty relatable to me. It would be so cool if I saw her walking in the street one day. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so sorry if you hear Donald Trump in the background. Uh, we do not stand. Uh, if you can vote, settle for Biden in 2020. But anyways, uh... I'm going to talk about the next book I read this year, which I read in February. So the first book I read in February, uh, and it's Tell Me Three Things by Julie Buxbaum. And there are waffles on the cover, which is pretty cool. I love waffles and powdered sugar, all that stuff, like things that are sweet and unhealthy. That's just right on my alley, you know? So, without further ado, I'm going to read the synopsis. Everything about Jessie feels wrong. At least, that's what it feels like during her first week of junior year at her new ultra-intimidating prep school in Los Angeles. Just when she's thinking about hightailing it back to Chicago, she gets an email from a person calling themselves Somebody Nobody, SN for short offering to help her navigate the wilds of Wood Valley High School. Is it an elaborate hoax, or can she rely on SN for some much-needed help? It's been barely two years since her mother's death, and because her father eloped with the woman he met online, Jessie has been forced to move across the country to live with her step-monster and, and her pretentious teenage son. In a leap of faith, or an act of complete desperation, Jessie begins to rely on Essen, and Essen quickly becomes her lifeline and closest ally. Jessie can't help wanting to meet Essen in person, but are some, but are some mysteries better left unsolved? So it's kind of like the classic storyline, like, um, a secret person is like trying to help you out, and so it's kind of like, uh, in love, Simon or Simon versus the homosexuals agenda but this is like the straight version if you could call it that it's like straight tiktok versus all tiktok uh if you watch straight tiktok i know that i can't trust you so that's that on that but yeah it's just like you have a secret admirer you know 
I like they fall in love, the classic storyline. Uh, I research cliche books. I think I'm becoming a cliche myself. Uh, and Wood Valley High School is just a basic name. Uh, my high school, I think, is named after a Spanish conquistador. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, I remember in third grade, we were, like, learning the history of Orange County and Irvine. And they talked about uh, the person that my school's named after. And my school's actually pretty new. Uh, we had our first graduating class this year in 2020, which is crazy to think about and it's really sad that they didn't have a proper graduation due to COVID-19 the coronavirus pandemic um and like I don't really like how Jessie like already hates her stepmother for like literally doing nothing and she also hates her stepbrother for literally doing nothing and also I think like it was revealed that, like, he's gay. The classic storyline of, like, the side character being gay just for representation points, which isn't good representation, but it's fine. We're fine, okay? Uh, and, yeah, that's that on that. Uh, and her love interest is named Ethan, I believe. And, like, he's, like, shy and stuff. The classic storyline. Uh, yeah, and she is moving to Los Angeles in the book, which is pretty crazy since I live kind of close to Los Angeles. It's like a few hours away since, as I said before, I live in Southern California. So you know where to find me. Well, actually, don't. Don't come to my house, okay? I'll be really freaked out. Uh, yeah. That's that on that. And she lived in Chicago, what? Chicago previously to moving. Um, and fun fact, actually, I was going to go to a choir trip in Chicago, but it got canceled due to, you know, the coronavirus pandemic. So I guess Jesse lived my dream for me. Uh, I really wanted to meet uh, the Chicago firefighters, especially Albert Rizende, one of my favorite actors ever. I have a lot more favorite actresses than favorite actors, but he's definitely one of my favorite actors. So that's that on that. Uh, yeah, the characters are pretty basic and stuff. They're, like, privileged white teens. We love to see it. And most of the characters are white. We love to see it. Note the sarcasm. So, yeah, it was a pretty enjoyable book. I'm pretty sure, like, the gay brother, the classic storyline, like, rides motorcycles or something and has a female best friend. Another classic storyline. I forgot what her name is. It's like Ashley. No, it's not Ashley. Uh, I forgot. Wait, I'm going to search it up real quick. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like Ashby or something.
yeah, so it's just a classic storyline. Hey guys, me again. I know it's pretty obnoxious for me to keep introing this, but I'm pretty new to podcasting. So yeah. So the next book I read was The Selection by Kira Cass. I also read it in February. So that's pretty cool if you ask me. Uh it's like a pretty big YA series that started in 2012 and they're also making a netflix movie about it which is really cool like i saw this girl ansley hutchinson she really wants to be america so i really hope she gets a part if she can act since she has red hair and all that and i want to audition for elise since i'm asian and she's the only asian character and i kind of look like her and i can maybe act i don't know i might make a youtube video about this so yeah i really hope i can have my big break as one does. And without further ado, I'm going to read the synopsis. For 35 girls, the selection is the chance of a lifetime. The opportunity to escape the life laid out for them since birth. To be swept up in a world of glittering gowns and priceless jewels. To live in a palace and compete for the heart of gorgeous Prince Maxon. But for America's singer, being selected is a nightmare. It means turning her back on her secret love with Aspen was the cast below her, leaving her a home to enter a fierce competition for a crown she doesn't want, living in a palace that is constantly threatened by violent rebel attacks. Then America meets Prince Max gradually. She starts to question all the plans she's made for herself and realizes the life she's always dreamed of may not compare to a future she never imagined. So yeah, uh, it's just like basically like the classic caste systems, royalty book. Like, after the Hunger Games, there were so many YA dystopian fiction books. I kid you not. And this was one of the more popular ones. So, it's basically, like, a Hunger Games ripoff. But at The Bachelor, which I stated before, I love watching The Bachelor. Well, actually, uh, prior to the quarantine, I've never watched The Bachelor. But uh, they just came out with this new thing. The Bachelor is the greatest seasons ever. So basically, it's like a recap of The Bachelor, which is really cool for someone like me who has a short attention span. So I can, like, figure out what's going on without having to watch it episode by episode. And there's also interviews with the cast, like Bachelor in Quarantine, which is really cool to see where they end up. Even though it's a pretty heteronormative show, like, no gays laugh. Just kidding. There was, like, a few bi girls, I think. But that's it. Uh, yeah. So, about the characters. America's, so she's in cast five, and she's kind of annoying, but that's okay. I'm a little annoying, too. Uh, and her love interest, Prince Maxon, is, like, your classic character. Like, like, He's like, um, gee, he's nice. I would have never thought. And, like, fall in love, the classic Sterling. And Aspen is, like, the annoying ex-boyfriend, secret boyfriend character. He's like, what about me? And I'm like, enough about you, okay? So, yeah, that's what I think about the characters. Um, for lack of better words, and, yeah, so Aspen's... Mm, 
cast six and like they all have to wear like dresses and stuff because it's like royalty uh yeah and then she's like america she's like i don't want to be in suction but she gets chosen anyway and she's like oh like at least i got free food which is like relatable but she's annoying so that's that on that and there's 34 other girls besides her and she ends up in the top five as one is so that's pretty cool uh and she also wins the selection spoiler alert yeah if you didn't notice there's a lot of spoilers in this podcast episode because i'm just saying whatever i feel you know it be like that sometimes so yeah i actually made a like enter the selection google form it's in my twitter bio and also my instagram bio so i might link it down below yeah you should definitely enter the fake selection because if i have enough people enter then uh i can have a fake selection which is really cool so yeah that's that on that okay so uh i read a few other books in 2020 uh during the quarantine but i'm not gonna talk about those because i'm getting kind of tired of doing this honestly like i think it's been like 45 minutes so the last book i'm gonna recap is the sun is also a star by nicola yoon uh i've read another book of hers which is everything everything i feel like it's a classic book for teen girls to read so i'm just a basic biatch so yeah uh, and it's just like your classic love story. So I'm gonna read the synopsis. Natasha, I'm a girl who believes in science and facts, not fate, not destiny, or dreams that will never come true. I'm definitely not the kind of girl who meets a cute boy on a crowded New York City street and falls in love with him. Not when my family is 12 hours away from being deported to Jamaica. Falling in love with him won't be my story. Daniel. I've always been the good son, the good student, living up to my parents' high expectations, never the poet or the dreamer, but when I see her, I forget about all that. Something about Natasha makes me think that fate has something much more extraordinary in store for both of us, the universe. Every moment in our lives has brought us to the single moment. A million futures lie before us. Which one will come true? Yeah, so it's like, they're seniors, I think, and they're trying to decide what college they want to go to the classic storyline and i'm kind of scared for college myself uh, but i'm only a sophomore so i have a while before i have to really choose what i want to do with my life uh but yeah it's like in new york and stuff which i've actually been to new york i went in the summer of 2015 and i think it was pretty cool it definitely loved up to my expectations even though there are like a r- lot of rats in the subway like literally it was so gross uh yeah so and i think they like met at like the record store or something which like i love records like i wish i could have a record player but they're kind of expensive so maybe one day i'd want a purple record player Maybe from Urban Outfitters, but then again, Urban Outfitters has been known for being a little bit, like, racist, which is, like, 
don't want to support a racist brand, you know? Uh, and, and they're also pretty expensive. So, I don't know where I'd get a record player, but that's one of my dreams. Uh, and it's, like, the whole story of, like, I'm about to be deported. Like, that sucks. Like, speaking of this issue, uh, like, on a heavier note, like, there's a lot of children being locked up in cages at the border by ICE. Uh, and this really needs to stop because these they're being separated from their families, which is really sad. Like, I don't know what I would do if I was separated from my family. And some people are like, well, they're illegal, but no person is illegal on stolen land. And we need to save those children ASAP. I think I live close to the border. Well, not super close, but kind of close. So, uh, it's... I should maybe help out by going to the border and taking all the children. Save some lives, you know? Uh, yeah. So, I read this book in March. It was actually the weekend that I went to Impact SoCal, which is like a Christian uh, ministry thing, like, uh, helping out and stuff. I, like, read it on the first day when we were eating chicken as one does i just read a lot of the same trash love story straight girl books i don't know why i do that to myself but i do uh and yeah that's that on that and the characters are really likable i guess a little bit annoying but that's fine and also a movie was made of it with yara shahidi and Charles Melton, that guy from Riverdale who plays Reggie, like Ross Butler used to play Reggie, but he doesn't anymore because of Thirteen Reasons Why. Uh, speaking of Thirteen Reasons Why, is Alex is my favorite ship? Don't come for me. Uh, yeah, and yeah, Shahidi. I think she's in like Grownish and stuff, which is pretty cool. Like I think it talks about like being black in America, like that kind of stuff, in like a comedy way which is a fun way to uh spread awareness in a way that people will listen and yeah like i think natasha does end up getting deported but then like she sees daniel again on a plane the classic deja vu story which is like good for her you know and they all chase their dreams which i really hope i can do and, like, not have my life be boring. Because it sometimes seems like your life is so insignificant compared to how big the world is. But I know that my life isn't since God has a plan for me. So, yeah. Okay, guys. So, thanks for listening to my second podcast episode. It was a little chaotic. I was very all over the place. Just talking about my favorite books, books I've read in 2020, and I hope you check out these books too. I read a lot of fiction, but there's also a lot of good nonfiction books. Like, during the quarantine, I read The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, which really, like, helped, like, how you shape habits and, like, how you live your life in a productive way, even if it is a little bit routine and, like, boring. If that's, uh, what you want, then go for it. So, yeah. 
Um, I'll have some links below of how you can help the Black Lives Matter movement. So sign petitions, donate if you can, just do everything in your power. And if your family members are being racist or Trump supporters, call them out. Don't let it slide. I know I've let it slide before, but I'm not going to let it happen again. And also, when people are being ableist and stuff, like if someone says the R word, say, hey, that's not okay. Like, you can't call people the R word. That's just not okay, you know? Uh, so, yeah. You can also check out my Goodreads. It's just my name, Gwyneth Young. Uh... And I have a lot more books on there. So, yeah. And that's that on that. And also, I'm part of Rosende Reads, which, as I said before, Rosende, who plays uh, Simon Lewis on Shadowhunters, is one of my favorite actors because Shadowhunters was my first love, so to speak. AKA, the first TV show I watched all the way through before then. I didn't really watch TV shows. Like, I hope I don't watch too much TV, because, like, that's, like, a waste of time. But it's still, like, a lot of fun to watch TV shows. Uh, yeah. And follow my social medias. They'll be linked below. And just remember to be a nice person and treat others the way you would want to be treated. Have fun with your friends safely and your family. Uh, yeah, and if you want to talk to me, you can always DM me. I'll be sure to respond. I'm actually really happy when people reach out to me because, like, it's kind of hard for me to do that myself. So, like, no matter who you are, if you're listening to this, uh, and you want to reach out to me, just DM me on Instagram. It's just my name, Gwyneth Young, or anywhere else, you know? Uh, I'd love to talk and stuff, and... I'll see you guys next time, next week maybe. Bye.